All right, today on the show, it's just the guys. As first, Eric and I discuss the incredible journey of Jamie Morgan Reno, fat shaming versus the truth, just what the heck is going on at Victoria's Secret, insurance pools, and food shaming in the L.A. school district. Then Sean Thompson joins me as we discuss the World Series, plant-based superstar Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns, and my favorite vegan quarterback, Justin Fields. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yep, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998. Yeah, that's a long time ago. It is Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup on a hot dog, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and welcome on into the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, along with Eric Rogers. I am Rich Reynolds. Happy to have you aboard. Remember to check us out on social media. He that is Eric Rogers, is at Eric Rogers Brand, all one word. Go ahead and find him there. You can find me at R-M-E-P Rich, and you can find all of us at realmeneatplants.com, right on that podcast page. Click on the support button, help us out, and also Paul's Party, the 30-day challenge. Take it, live it, you'll love it. And then also read the blogs and check us out on our YouTube channel as well. All of these things, by the way, I am very behind on doing a lot of this stuff Dude, and posting I, I tell a you, lot of this really stuff. You are really depriving our listeners of some great content because, you know, I was listening to uh, listening to the podcast over the weekend and just, uh, you know, we've we've got some good stuff going on here. And, and, you know, I don't always like to brag on it, but we do a good job. We've got a lot of really great guests and absolutely this week by the way yeah i think this is going to be one of three or four podcasts that we put out this week i am also by the way hosting the like co-hosting the glenn merzer show and i think i've already recorded four of these things including two of them today and so i'm kind of going like on no sleep i feel like a little bit stressed out here i mean it's a lot of stuff to do all at once, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, Glenn has had some interesting guests on already. We were talking to a guy from Plant Based News. He's actually the founder of Plant Based News, way out oh, in no London. Kidding. Wow! They do like eight million impressions uh, per month, which is pretty damn good. That sure um, is. For, um, yes, for that content, like absolutely. Wow. So very exciting stuff. We also had a chance to talk with a woman who has lost on a whole food plant-based diet. She is she was over 400 pounds, and she has lost over 250 pounds. Um, her name is Jamie Morgan Reno, and she's now a uh, nutritionist her. and a health coach and oh, a life a coach and all of that. Damn. Yeah. Well, she studied while she was how doing it. How long ago was and this? Like, how long has she been 
you know, since she lost that weight. She lost 250 pounds over the course of two years and has been wow. able to keep it off for three years. And um, that's the, very that's the other part. <laughs> yeah, very interesting woman. And, and by the way, like like my age too, um, which you know everybody says you can't do it when you're older. Or it's harder to do and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, she's done it. And there was something really interesting that came up on like the discussion that we were having, and it made me want to talk to you about it. And so we were talking about something called body shaming. And for everybody that doesn't know what body shaming is, body shaming could be pretty evil. And it does work like two ways. So one way that body shaming works, I think is the most obvious way. If somebody is obese, especially morbidly obese, like calling that person fat or tubby or you know whatever the um I don't know bad word is that the, uh, you're going to call them. The derogatory them. Yeah. nature is, I think, where right. that comes so, from being. You know, so, so you, you don't want to do that because I mean, I, I, what are you actually accomplishing except making somebody feel really shitty about themselves? So we like, not like they don't probably know they got something going on. They need to they. Absolutely know that they're overweight. Absolutely. And I don't know anybody who's overweight who's like, man, I really aspired to be overweight in my life. Um, you know, it's like when you end up working at a fast food place, nobody grew up as a kid saying, I want to work for McDonald's. Okay. Just like nobody grew up and said, I want to be morbidly obese when I get older. They're aware. They get it. Now, saying something to them just makes them feel worse about themselves. Now, it does work in reverse as well. So like where my wife works, she, and if you've never seen my wife, you've, you've met her, right? I think. I have, yeah. You yeah. have, okay. My wife is quite petite. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she is petite. She is skinny and she takes care of herself that way. Like, like when I say take care of herself, like she really watches what she eats and exercises and does all that kind of stuff uh, because it's really important to her. Now, when she goes to work, and she's around a bunch of other women that work there. Um, they're always like getting on her for being too skinny. Oh, eat a sandwich. Yeah, oh, on, have you know, one eat of the some donuts. cake. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They buy crappy food all the time. My wife's just like, I really don't want it, you know? And so they shame her for being skinny. So it works in reverse as well. There's peer pressure to be heavy um, at some places. And sometimes it, it depends on, on the situation that you're in. So body and, and shaming both, in both cases, genetics are involved too. So it's there. There's or, or some of that anyway. So here's, here's what I really learned when I went to Poland the first time, when I went to Poland the first time, my wife and I've been married a couple of years. This was in 2001. And so when I got to Poland, I was a little heavier than I am now. Okay. I was easily the fattest person in the country of Poland. See, and you were never like, you were never fat. Like you're definitely never like thinner. morbidly never, obese or round. Right. Were when I first met you or, you know, anytime mm -hmm. in there, but yeah, never would have by American standards would not really think of it that way. Yeah, I I don't walk around like in Wisconsin and people are like, oh my god, that guy is so fat. Right. Because yeah, comparatively speaking, I, I'm not. I'm not skinny, but I'm not fat. Okay, like as people would think, like morbidly obese. I'm definitely overweight. Anyways, in Poland, I was giant. So my first thought was, okay, they don't eat here. Like nobody eats anything. 
they eat like five times a day and they were putting food away way faster and way more than I could keep up. I'm like, holy crap, how do they eat so much in a day and stay so skinny? Well, there's a couple of things that happen. One is they have cars, but then gas is really expensive, so they walk a lot of places. So if they go to the grocery store or, you know, out for something to eat or they want to get coffee, they'll walk. And a lot of times, you know, it'll be a two or three mile walk in each direction. Doesn't phase wow. them. Wow. Really? They're walking. Absolutely walking. Okay. So that definitely right there is is step one. Step two is their portion sizes when they go out, all right? So now we'll go and get a soda, but for us, say you're going to 7-Eleven, getting a big gulp, or in Wisconsin, a quick trip, you'll get like the best buddy or whatever, you know, the, the big, big monster. Buddy and the mega buddy. Yeah. Mega buddy's like 64 ounces. Okay, nobody needs 64 ounces of soda. You just don't need that. Is it nice to have? Yeah, maybe, I guess. But you, you don't need 64 ounces. Now, in Poland, <laughs> and this is pretty prevalent. Right there. Yeah. yeah, in Europe, they'll they'll give you these eight-ounce, like, um, cans of Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola doesn't even come in, like, a 12-ounce can. It comes in an eight-ounce can. The little baby eight-ounce cans? It's plenty of, of soda. Their beer comes in half liters, which is much bigger than ours. But... The soda comes in eight ounces. But anyways, portion sizes are quite different. And again, like I said, it's not like they're starving themselves. They're eating five times a day. The other thing is they eat a lot of vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. Now, they eat meats. They do eat Polish sausage. They do eat turkey, chicken, stuff like that. Uh, but they eat a ton of freaking vegetables. Every meal has like cabbage with it or beets and carrots. And, you know, they eat a lot of soups and all of this kind of stuff. The way that they eat is much different than the way that we eat. Not that there aren't donuts there. Not that there aren't pastries there. But let me tell you this. The donuts are nowhere near as sweet as our donuts. Um, the ice cream's not as sweet as our ice cream. It was just everything's a, a little bit less, and it keeps everybody kind of skinny. The other thing is there's a ton of peer pressure there for you to stay skinny. So when we talk about body shaming, they will outwardly and openly body shame anybody who's overweight. So... They they do it in such a way. Now, I was just meeting my wife's family for the first time, and her grandmother comes over, and she was like 80 years old, and she gives me a big hug, and she goes, oh, taki grubiutki. Okay, now in Polish, I started, she was shocked that I knew what that meant. I'm like, whoa, you know, <laughs> taki grubiutki means, wow, what a fatty. This is what wow. she said to me. She <laughs> said it the first time she met you. When she, just, she was just meeting Dude. me. She's like, wow, what a fatty. All right. Well, I mean, in, if she knew you knew that, she wouldn't have said it. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I This is how they, they kind of talk to each other. They really do. They're just like, you're too fat. Basha, when, when she went over there, her family told her, yeah, you're too fat. Now, my wife is not they fat. They told that to your wife. To wow. my wife. Okay. They don't mess around over there. There's a lot of social pressure to be skinny and stay well, in shape. I'm wondering what the anorexia and bulimia, like eating disorders types of uh, rates are. In that country, yeah, is, I mean, it's probably I, just I don't high, know than here. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that they do it. One thing that they're not addicted to, like you don't see people just sitting around eating chips. 
you don't see people sitting around and just eating and stuffing their faces, period. It's like they're they're having meals. The meals are like four or five times a day, but they're like smaller meals and they move on. And then they're always active. I mean, they're always kind of moving around um, where, you know, a lot of people in the U.S. are going to binge watch something. They're going to be eating chips while they're doing it or something really bad for them. The other thing is in Poland, they have fast food. But they don't really live by fast food. Fast food for them is like where you eat like last resort. This isn't what you would ever eat on a daily basis. You eat there because everything else is closed or, you know, you just couldn't cook that day or something else. And then you end up having to eat fast food. It's not a destination. And so the the culture kind of dictates how they're they're doing this as well. Anyways, they also don't have big and fat stores and like sizes that are double X, extra large and triple extra large. It's just, just not a thing. Um, you might not know this, but like back when I was a kid, they didn't have that either. They would have like a completely separate store and there'd be like one per town maybe that was like a big and fat store, but you couldn't get double XL or triple XL at Kohl's, you know, back in the day you had to go to actually a store that was called big and tall, but it also meant like, you know, big meant fat. So you were either fat or tall and that's why that you were shopping there. And so anyways, um, all that being said, body shaming does have some negative effects. However, I was walking through the mall. This is like a month ago. I don't go to the mall very often. You ever go to the mall anymore? Um, when was the last time I was at the mall? Maybe a few months right. ago. The mall is depressing. Okay. So the mall used to be a place that was pretty hopping. Every like storefront in the mall, there was a store was in every one of go. them. Yeah. And there were people walking around and milling around all the time. There were sales going on. They would have, you know, sometimes there'd be performers, bands in the mall, stuff. I mean, the mall was the place to be. Now, the mall's not anymore. And in fact, when you walk through the mall, it's amazing how many stores are closed. I mean, there's just not a lot open in there. One of the stores that's open, though, is Victoria's Secret. Now, as a red-blooded male, I've always loved walking past the Victoria's Secret. So you would see posters of women in lingerie and mannequins like wearing the lingerie. And it was always like, hmm, that looks good. You just think that as you're walking by. Now, <laughs> when, when, I was a kid, when I was a kid and I would see Victoria's Secret, I was like, I can't wait to get a girlfriend and go in there and just right? like, try <laughs> stuff on. Like, <laughs> that whatever, looks you know? good. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I, I used to love it, not in a pervy way. It's not like I would stand outside the window drooling or anything. You try to do one of these like guy things where you're like kind of looking, then you look away, then you're kind of looking and you're taking mental images, you know, for later, whatever you need them for. All right. You're just, you, you but, but you notice Victoria's secret and everything that's going on in there. And you're like, yeah, this looks awesome. And so this was again, a little over a month ago, I'm walking by Victoria's secret. I'm like, what? the freak is this so now the posters all are of women who are obese wait not just now, like average or overweight there's but there, there's a couple just like chubby okay mm -hmm. but there's no like barbie doll remember like the victoria's secrets angels and you know they had yeah. like yeah and helena christensen was one that that was like stephanie seymour what you aspire to be 
Yeah. All right. I mean, that, that was the standard in America for like women to shoot for. And, you know, it's what men always wanted. They wanted a Victoria's Secret model. In fact, it was, it was a thing. It was a thing that people said. And so anyways, you look in there now and all the pictures, like the big posters are of chubby to obese women. Now I get that in society today, there are probably more people that are overweight and chubby. We, we talked about the numbers on the show. Right. And they want to be represented, represented, right? Like Right. And, and not only and not only represented, if you're trying to sell merchandise, you want to sell it to the most people you could possibly sure. sell it to. That's also so, a very good point, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't want to cut out people that are overweight, especially when the majority of I mean, the population is overweight. I mean, why do you think stores overweight. like you know, Abercrombie & Fitch don't exist anymore? It's because they you know, probably lack of clientele. Absolutely. All right. They can't fit in those jeans. And so at, at Victoria's Secret, this is what's going on. And I'm like, I'm kind of shocked because here again, I don't want to body shame anyone because body shaming is bad. Now, can we all agree that body shaming is hurtful? All right. Also, being obese is unhealthy. All right. I don't think that there's ever a doctor that has said, you know what? I really wish you would be 200 pounds overweight because, man, you would do, be doing so much better at life. It, besides all of the heart problems and the diabetes problems and all these other issues that you could have, I mean, just like your hips and joints and knees and ankles. And I mean, there, there's nothing healthy about being morbidly obese. No one recommends that you do it. In fact, they always try to recommend that, hey, maybe you should drop some LBs. Okay. So we can agree on the fact that body shaming is bad and being obese is unhealthy. Both things exist together and both are true. So why are we normalizing being overweight? Because when you normalize something, it says in society, yeah, this is cool. However, being overweight is not cool. Okay. So let's just talk about it even in terms of how it affects Eric Rogers. Now, Eric Rogers is not overweight. Eric Rogers is a young man who is physically fit. Okay. Very active, coaches track and field, does all of this kind of stuff. All right. Painting a good picture of you here, Eric. So far, so good, except for the, you okay. left out the part about me being super handsome. Yeah, all that, that too. Okay. <laughs> Great haircut that he spends 60 bucks on, trims the beard, all of that kind of stuff, has some cool tattoos. I'm, I'm trying to paint the complete picture here. This is Eric Rogers. All right. Now, there's also somebody, Eric's age, who lives in Wisconsin, who is 200 pounds overweight. Okay. That person might work in the same school district as you. I don't know. Okay, probably there might be somebody 100, 150 pounds overweight. That person will spend the same amount on health care and health insurance, not health care, health insurance, as Eric Rogers spends on health insurance. Now, that doesn't make sense to me. Where So say like when we're talking about insurance, I'm a safe driver. The last time that I got into an accident as a driver, knock on wood, I was 16 years old, just learning how to drive, and it was a no-fault accident. Holy Somebody hell. hit me in a parking lot, okay? I always give myself tons of space. That's how it was. It was driven into me by my grandfather at a young age. Give yourself plenty of space when you drive. So I always do. I don't get in accidents. Again, knock on wood, okay? Uh, probably tomorrow I'm going to die in a car accident. But oh, as <laughs> I hope not. 
<laughs> so anyway, that would be that'd be crazy, right? A- anyways, all right. My that car insurance. Never air, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> my car insurance is considerably lower than a person who gets into a bunch of accidents. Mm-hmm. Okay? On purpose. We're in different pools. So now somebody who is morbidly obese shouldn't be in the same pool as Eric Rogers because the chance of the morbidly obese person having health problems is significantly higher than Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers, who, you know, is running and eating right and doing all of these things versus someone who's eating at Arby's every day. Okay. Why are you in the same pool spending the same amount on health insurance? Now, I know that sounds a little crass, but it's true. The way that insurance works only in the health insurance field, does it not seem to work this way? Now, here's my question, and this is because I don't know the uh, ins and outs of it, but when it's a, um, a, a through insurance through your employer, the employer mm-hmm. has to pay the premiums to the insurance company, and I'm assuming they just kind of split that up. Is that how that works? It's, I'm, I'm it's exactly even. Yeah. So yeah. say so. so say where... we, we've had we, we've had the same employer in the past. Okay, you and I have paid the same rates. You're healthier than I am. I've had strokes. All right, my health insurance should probably be way more than your health insurance. I'm older. I weigh more. I've had strokes. You're younger. No strokes. In better shape. All right. I, I wouldn't be mad if your premiums were less, but your premiums were exactly the same as my premiums. That's well, not right. That's, I'm just saying it's because maybe it's because of the employer, like we're on the same one, that uh, the same plan, that that's where that comes into play. Whereas if it was like, you know, auto insurance, you know, we don't all work from the, like if we got auto insurance through our workplace, maybe they would be the same then. That's that's kind of where I'm I'm thinking maybe that's coming from. Well, but I think you are right. You know, it's, if if we're going based on your your health, like accident prone versus not accident prone, then, you know, it should be like that. So, yeah, in in health insurance or in, in insurance in general, they do risk management. And, and what they're basically figuring out is how much risk and liability are we going to have here on this person that we insure? They don't necessarily Absolutely. have to insure you. That's why, like for auto insurance, if you've gotten in a bunch of accidents and speeding tickets and DUIs, you can get insurance, but you're going to have to pay through the nose. And you did it. Okay. So I don't know why it doesn't work that way in the health insurance world. It just doesn't, but it's not right. Because now what you would have here is a standard that says, listen, you want to pay as much as Eric? Great. Get into shape like Eric does. All right. Find your way to healthy. And then now everybody's rates start coming down. So the cost of health care is lower. Do you, do you think that's where those uh, those programs and incentives come into play? Like some of these insurance companies have, you know, go have your checkup and, you know, show that you're active or whatever, a gym membership and all that kind of yep. stuff. And then we will reimburse you. Very few people take advantage of those. It's nice that they have them, but it's very few. I mean, it's just like when you go to a store and buy something and they give you a rebate and you're like, ah, oh, great. Now I spent the money and I have to mail it in and get that crap right. back to me. Like, 
Absolutely. And, and people will say, well, I don't have enough time in my life to, to do this and do that. And I always look at it and I say, y- y- you do. Okay. You do have enough time to cook yourself a healthy meal. You do have enough time to, you know, go for a long walk or do some push-ups or something like that. You, you do. You're going to make time for the things you want to do. The thing is, is often the thing you want to do is go to the bar and drink or binge watch a show on Netflix or, you know, something like that. And if you got time for that, then you had time to go ahead and go to the gym. I mean, it's just get up an hour earlier. I, I don't know what to tell you. There is time in the day. Okay. So you could either make excuses or you could, you know, get, get busy doing things. Those are the two things. But anyways, no body shaming. I get, all right. I'm fine with that. And being obese is not healthy. We can agree on these things. Now there is a company. Do you know the company? I think it's pronounced Mondelez. M-O-N-D-L-E-Z. You said that, and I just think Art Vandelay. Yeah, Art Vandelay. <laughs> Was he an He's architect? He's an architect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mondelay, I think it's Mondelay. They are a food company, and they're okay. like a food company kind of like Kraft. All right? They make a lot of uh, junk food, snack foods, processed foods. They're into highly processed foods, or what Michael or, or Dr. Michael Clapper has been on this show will tell you. These are things that are not food. Okay? They are edible food looking items okay but they're not food so like well he'll tell himself he'll go through the, the the grocery store and all of a sudden he finds himself in the aisle that has chips all right and now all these potato chips and pretzels and stuff like that might be vegan they might be plant-based but they're not really food and there's not nutritional value there and stuff that you're going to absorb in your body that's going to be good for you that's what food is these are you know edible non-food items okay so anyways um, going to that, there is a company called Mondelay, and Mondelay makes a lot of these foods. They're trying to get the word out there that not only is body shaming bad, but food shaming is bad. Now, I'm not talking about this. There, there's a certain type of food shaming that says like, okay, we're Americans and I'm going to make fun of Indian food. Or I'm going to make fun of uh, East African food or something like that because that, that's got cultural undertones. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about with food shaming is if someone decides to eat a triple butter burger with cheese and you say to them, oh, you shouldn't eat that. That's not healthy. That's called food shaming and you're not supposed to do that. Because I, one, I shamed my my uncle all the time for smoking, so it's not really any different. <laughs> that's well, I mean, it, it's not any different. In fact, um, that's listed. You know, smoking and processed meats are the same on the list of carcinogens according to the World Health Organization. They're on the same Damn. level. So you know, telling somebody you know, that smoking's bad and telling somebody that that you know roast beef sub from Subway is bad, both are true and both are on the exact same level. So when it comes to food shaming, the school district in Los Angeles, which by the way, the public school district in Los Angeles is the largest public school district in the world, um, and it, it's pretty crazy the amount of people they have. They sent out a video to everybody in all their schools for everybody to watch about food shaming. Now, I'm not going to play the video. I'm going to play the audio. And you can go ahead and give it a listen and tell me what you think about food shaming. I got us donuts. The 
they moldy? I mean, are they poisoned? Do, are you allergic? No, I'm just saying. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty. Diet culture, fatphobia, and systems of oppression have created false... Okay, the lady talking right now, by the way, that's a little bit harder to hear. She is actually from Mandalay. So she is oh. a nutritionist uh, from I'm sure Mandalay she knows her shit. <laughs> talking about how you shouldn't shame somebody for choosing donuts rather than kale. That's basically the message here. Mandalay, by the way, makes donuts. Hierarchies of food and it shows up everywhere. For instance, harmful thought patterns like earning food through exercising or that dessert is the reward for the punishment of eating vegetables. Remember that... Now, that's actually a good point. Okay, there are people that work out and then say, okay, I'm, I worked out all day. I, I had a 900-calorie workout, so I'm going to eat this 600-calorie cupcake. That, and I'm still up three. Yeah, so yeah. this is why we, we had a podcast once. I can't remember how long ago this was where I went off on um, Planet Fitness because mm -hmm. they're the, the no judgment zone and we have pizza Mondays and cupcake day and all this crap. And, and that to me is like abhorrent behavior. That's, that's it's like not healthy equivalent to like the uh, doctors want to keep you sick so that you're coming back. The gym Absolutely. wants you to stay fat enough that you're like, you're seeing some progress maybe, but you still, you're going to come back. It's yeah. also, you're, you're, you're not a dog. You don't get rewarded yeah. with food for if doing something that, well. It's yeah, a, it's, it's there's got to be a lifestyle change. And if you're, I don't know. It, it's a problem. Good job, boy. Hey, you <laughs> did it. You worked out today. Here's your cupcake. This is not, you're not a dog. Okay, so we'll just finish this you thing up. need to earn food. We are all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size and therefore the foods that we eat are markers of our self-worth. Moralizing food can lead to harmful relationships with food and assorted eating. Instead of focusing on good and bad choices, try to approach food with neutrality in mind. The only foods that are bad for you are foods that contain allergens, poisons, and contaminants. Oh, is that or it? <laughs> food that is spoiled or is otherwise inedible. Eat without guilt, regardless of what society says. Okay, let me tell what? you something. <laughs> G getting a concrete mixer at Culver's versus having a kale salad that they sell at Chick-fil-A are two entirely different things, okay? One is good for you, and one is bad for you. You can make a food judgment based on the fact that what you are eating is full of crap. Now, they, they, they actually talk about poisons. This right? goes Ask, out to the whole district? Yes, it already has. Ask that's, Mondelay. That's propaganda. That's literally like paid for by... Oh, my God. They're actually telling you not to judge these awful foods for you. So, okay, poison is, is one that they bring up. All right. I, we have you read... In the L.A. district. Like, Oh, my goodness. Have you read the list of chemicals in some of these things that Mondelay produces? The chemicals alone. Now, they're edible chemicals. Believe me, they are freaking poison. These are not things that you are going to want to put in your body at any point in time if you actually knew what you were putting into your body. The, the stuff that you are consuming 
that is processed from Mondelez and other companies like Kraft. And I mean, they're, they're ubiquitous. Just go to the grocery store. Most of the aisles are full of processed foods that come in bags and colorful containers and boxes. This, it's not food. They're it's full of garden country of ours. They probably put the R's reversed in crayon and that's why they made food choices. <laughs> Stop telling people, though, that buying that kind of food is just the same as buying stuff from the produce section. It's not the same. They are different. One is good for you and healthy and will make you feel better. The other one is bad for you and will make you fat and, and lead you on the path of type 2 diabetes and a whole host of other problems. It doesn't take a genius to like ma- to look at two different things and say, yeah, this is probably healthy for me and versus this is not like does it come from the earth is it naturally grown or whatever that's probably better for you than you're not going to find a burger in nature these two things are are vegan okay one is a bag of oreos one is an apple can i tell you which one is better for you yeah objectively i could tell you eating the apple is better for you than eating the oreos It, it just is I, I don't understand why this is a debate and why anybody would tell you otherwise, except for the fact that, oh, by the way, they work for Mondelein. They're trying to sell these things to you that are absolutely that deadly. Illegal. Yeah, but no, no food shaming, Eric. So if somebody wants to eat those things, don't judge them on eating these horrible, horrible food See, choices. And, and Rich, I don't know how much uh, vegan junk food you eat these days, but... Um, it had been I, too much. It's now gone. I definitely... There are definitely days, and, and you know, like I'm not 100% vegan. Like I'll have some vegan meals for sure and cut back on the meat and dairy. But I do find myself going through, you know, the grocery store and like I'll be getting, you know, I'll grab my normal food and then I'll go get a frozen pizza now and then. And I feel like, you know, depending on what I'm buying, someone in line or the, you know, the bagger or whatever, will look at that and go, all right, that's an interesting choice. You know I mean? Like that's a bad example of me, but there's definitely more extreme examples of people with food. And, and I think most of us have worked in a food, a uh, grocery store at some point and probably thought the same thing about someone going through the line. I've I've told you like the day at Arby's when I had 220 people go through the drive-thru right. and uh, yeah mm-hmm. 114 of them their bellies could touch the steering wheel I felt bad every time I was handing them a bag of quote unquote food it's not food and what you're doing to yourself is awful and you're under no illusions by the way I am sure you are under no illusions that when you were buying that frozen pizza that you thought this was good for you and healthy I mean, did I, not. Yeah, no, there's no right. part of me that thought I'm buying this because it's so good for me. Right. Like, oh, man, the more of this I eat, the healthier I get. I, I just have to eat more Jack's pizza or lots of matzas or whatever the hell frozen. I will choice, say Jack's you know. pizza got me through college at two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I get all of it, but there, there's no way to try and tell me that one is equal to the other because right. they're, they're just not. I, I'm not, None of us are that stupid. Are we really that stupid? And why are we telling kids this? This is in the L.A. Public School District. They're sending this out to children to watch. No friggin' way. Teach your kids the difference right now. The apple is better than the Oreo. Both vegan. I, I tell you, too. I, I mean, I, I work for a school district, and they do ask me to make videos for the entire district. If they asked me to mm-hmm. make a video like that, I'd have some questions. 
Yeah, the, I, you can't do it. I mean, I, I don't get it, and I don't understand why everybody's cool with it. Now, they have come under some fire, but the video's still there. It's still there. The and still there, that's why. Yeah. I mean, I, I found it. People can watch it. Absolutely. Because Mondelay knows that there's these millions of kids that are in this school district that are now going to grow up thinking that it's okay to eat donuts. It's exactly the same as eating an apple. It's it's fine because you can't shame someone whatever happened on to their the food, food pyramid or whatever they started. My pyramid, they started calling it and like all that Ugh. stuff. And like, I mean, granted, that's not the best, probably the best system, but still it's it's something to tell you there are good choices and there are bad choices. Right, and they at least used to say like, "Hey, you should load your plate up with like half fruits and vegetables or some right, crap like that." Colorful uh, plate, like <laughs> right. All all of it's out the window because you know what? You don't want to shame anybody, Eric, and you don't want to make anybody feel bad for their food choices. When some people should feel bad about their food choices because they're making bad food choices. And th- well, let's this talk is about bad thing. life choices in general, then, because there are people who have made terrible life choices. Are we supposed to yeah. not not say anything to them? Like. Oh, you didn't pay your car payment this this month. Well, you know, whatever. I can't shame you for that. Like you, you can't shame anybody for anything anymore. And I don't I don't think it's necessarily healthy. I mean, there should be some kind of societal standard because otherwise we're, we're getting closer and closer to the point where anything goes. Anything fine. And ties, like. They they had a big hullabaloo at my daughter's high school recently because they in try, they're trying to institute a dress code. Now all they're asking for in the dress code is that girls don't have half of their butts out. Okay, so that their butts ask. have to be. I know. Ask, ask <laughs> depends. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, um, your 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 rear end needs to be completely covered. And you, I, I, I forget if there's an actual measurement of cleavage, but I think what they were mostly worried about mm. was like their like side boob is, is that what it's called? Um, if that you can't have that out. And there were some questions about Wait, what midriff. are they wearing? That, oh, we are talking about just regular. Okay. There's a dress code, not like uniforms. Got it. Right. No, okay. no, just, just, just a dress code. And it's like. Yeah. Really? I mean, we're, we're really sending our kids off to school dressed like this, and this has to be talked about, and the fact that maybe they shouldn't dress like this, that it might be distracting. I mean, or... there are definitely, yeah, there are definitely people who dress at the, at the high school that I work where there are some very questionable decisions being made. Not I cool. See, I can see how that would, yeah, be a distraction to boys or... It's a distraction for boys. It's a distraction for girls. And then girls actually start feeling pressure to have to dress Mm -hmm. that way like the other girls are dressing as. And it's like, what are we doing here? I mean, there has to be some kind of standard across the board that we're living at because we're in a society. (laughs) We all benefit when we live together, but there are some rules and there have to be some standards. And really asking people not to be morbidly obese, I don't think is too high of a standard to traverse for us here we can't just keep lowering the bar and saying okay fat's fine we're all okay be as fat as you want oh and by the way choosing a box of donuts is the same as choosing a bag of apples because it's just not true where do we draw the line and say hey this is not okay and then when do we take it up a notch and say hey guys now let's teach you about some healthy food choices. I, I'm very curious uh, about um, like science classes because, you know, there's been that line of, you know, people not believing science or whatever for one thing. And the other part of that, when it comes to food, 
I remember in a chemistry class, we were learning about calories and how that mm-hmm. worked for, you know, food or whatever. And some foods, when you burn them, the longer they burn, the more calories they have. And so like a Cheeto burned for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, you know, that's like a good demonstration of uh, caloric density and whether it's a good food item or not. And, yep. you know, it's just, I, I don't know if they even do that anymore. They should, and, and and they should go over this. And nutrition should be something that's talked about from a very early age on. Because, listen, if eating all those things that Mondelez say that you can eat, and their nutritionist comes down to eat and says, "Don't don't make a difference," of we would be the most in shape country with no osteoporosis, no heart disease, and no no uh, you know diabetes and all this all this other stuff ever. Because, because, because of the stuff that we're eating, but we're not. And so we, we definitely, we're, we're on the other end of, of the spectrum, as are a lot of countries around the world. And we got to start somewhere by saying, Hey, listen, we need to make some better choices here and some better food choices. And maybe, maybe just maybe shaming someone out of eating something really bad for them might help them in the long run. Again, that's not the same as body shaming. It's just not. We have common sense and we know donuts are worse for you than apples okay all right we got we got more to do here eric let's uh step aside and we will be right back on the real men e-plants podcast don't go anywhere all right if you've ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and do it in style here's your chance we have some of the most amazing t-shirts hats accessories coffee mugs and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com we have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face i love the i want tofu tonight tea plus we have podcast teas real women eat plants gear real kids eat plants and real people eat plants just in case men women and kids didn't cover it all yeah we love you and love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours again Check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy. All right, here at the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, we need your help, and so does Paul's party. Being a brand-new podcast is trying to get its footing. We are asking that you help support our pod by going to our podcast page at realmeneatplants.com slash podcast and click the support button. When you do, not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground, you are helping to support Paul's party, a 501.c charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some fun in their lives. Two great causes, one easy support button. Again, please find us at realmeneatplants.com slash podcast or on Patreon when you type Real Men Eat Plants into the search bar. Thanks for your support and for helping Paul's party. Welcome to Sheilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. All right, time to bring back our contributor now, one Sean Thompson out in Phoenix, Arizona, as we get a chance to talk some sports and update everybody on what's going on. Not that everybody doesn't know what's going on, but they get our perspective of it, which is always the best perspective to get. And so, uh, you know, I'm never lacking in confidence there, Sean. Not since I've known you, brother. Not since I've known you. 
So the, speaking of, of perspective, I'd like to get some perspective from a Yankees fan who I'm sure was watching the ALCS with the towel on his head. You, you knew that I had to start there because today Aaron Boone gets the vote of confidence uh, from Mr. Steinbrenner that they're going to keep him around. How you feeling about that and looking back on the Yankees season, about them in the playoffs? What are your thoughts about your squad? I think the season was one that was full of smoke and mirrors. I feel like it was just they were not one of the best teams, even though their record may have said so for the first half and plus of the season. I think that what they ended up doing during that they got such a great start, first team to 70 wins and all that, was because they feasted on a lot of bad pitching. Um, They have a very homer heavy hitting lineup. You go, you get some bad pitchers, fourth and fifth starters, you beat them up, and it looks great. But all through the year, the games that they were losing, especially in the second half of the season, it was always against teams, Astros, Mariners with Castillo, all teams with great pitching. They did not hit great pitching at all, and they struck out way too much during the regular season, and that continued in the postseason. And I told you plenty of times that, that that's not the recipe to win in October. You gotta get it's not, you know, I'd have to say though, I, I was fooled because early on, I really thought that they were like all put together and were all there, but you said it. I mean, uh, even when they were, I mean, not losing games, I mean, they'd go, you know, a week or more at a time and, and not have a loss. And you said it, that you thought that they were pretenders. Uh, my son, Joey, who plays baseball it was telling me the same thing. He's like, dad, I, I don't think they're for real. I'm like, you sound like Sean. Um, and, uh, yep. I mean, lo and behold, they, they weren't for real. I mean, they were real enough to get to the ALCS. I mean, it's obviously a very good and very talented team, but but you bring up some some great points. I mean, this is a home run head hitting team that to me doesn't necessarily have to be. I, I think it's a lot of hero at bats. Um, and you get into this mode, and I saw it with the Cubs after 2016. It was hero at bat after hero at bat. Before you know it, the offense is bogged down, especially against really good pitching, which is what they ended up seeing in the Houston Astros, who have a lot of pitching. And they, and they were able to beat the Cleveland Guardians. But keep in mind, I mean, they hit 180 in that series as a team. They had nine home runs compared to the Guardians' three, and that ultimately was the reason they won that series in five. Uh, it was because of, of that. And But again, against a team like the Astros with this pitching staff that they have and the bullpen depth that they have, it was just not even a close matchup. And for the Yankees' future, obviously the big question is about Aaron Judge, but Anthony Rizzo is going to not – is going to exercise his player option, and he'll be a free agent. They got to decide they're going to pick up the player option on Luis Severino, which I'm guessing they will. Andrew Benatendi, who they got and really didn't do anything for them. I almost forgot he was on the roster because he got hurt and wasn't hitting before he got hurt. But he's a free agent. They knew that. So their makeup of their team could be drastically different. But I almost feel it's so crazy to say it's about a team that won 99 games. But if you project two, three years from now, They're not going to be better than the Astros, and they're not going to be better than the Guardians. And I can tell you that the Blue Jays are going to be a problem going forward as well. So I almost feel like they may need to really revamp their lineup. I've said this a million times. I'm not giving Aaron Judge a 10-year deal at 31 years old. And if the Giants or the Dodgers or somebody wants to do that, more power to them because you can't increase your payroll that crazily with Aaron Judge when you have so many glaring issues that are still on your roster. 
So uh, George Steinbrenner used to change managers about as often as I change underwear about once a year. And (laughs) (laughs) he, 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 he changed managers quite a bit so far. His son doesn't do the same thing. Uh, How about Aaron Boone? Do you like Aaron Boone as the skipper? I've never been a fan. Honestly, I, I just, I've questioned a lot of his decisions. Uh, and it seemed like, and I know they were trying to grasp in the playoffs, but he just didn't seem like he could figure it out. He didn't know what to do. You, I mean, you take your ace out with the bases loaded in a game, and then you bring in a reliever, and next thing you know, it's 5-5. Five, five. And I know Cole was reaching that close to that 100 pitch count. We know we can't have pitchers go past that uh, in baseball anymore. But it, it just seemed like decisions, decisions. I mean, Dusty Baker, to me, out managed him in that series. And I feel like every time in the playoffs and the postseason, I just feel like I don't trust Aaron Boone and his decision-making at all. And so I thought that this would be enough, uh, but they're going to br- they're gonna bring him back. They're going to bring Cashman back, I'm, I'm guessing. But, I mean, it's a huge offseason for the Yankees. I know everyone's so focused on, on Aaron Judge, but there's so much more that they got to figure out. If you want to go get Carlos Correa, like go get him. But but you still also need some serious help on your pitching staff. And as we just saw, pitching is what got the Phillies past the Padres, and pitching is what got the Astros past the Yankees. So pitching is not a big strength of the Yankees, and they're going to have to address that as much as anything than worrying about if they're going to re-sign Judge or not. Yeah, you bring up pitching on both those squads that have made it to the World Series. you got to like both of those staffs. Um, I love the Astros staff, though. I, I mean oh. – I, I hate the Astros. I hate the whole cheating scandal. Everybody hates that. The whole garbage can banging thing, all of that kind of stuff. All right. But they are the best team in baseball. I'm going to actually be quite surprised if they don't win this World Series. I think that they're the better team. Philadelphia, though, has got something magical going on there, though. And Bryce Harper's finally coming of age in the playoffs. And you got Kyle Schwarber, who, by the way, I know from experience, hits like crazy in the World Series. Even if he doesn't play a whole season, dude can hit like crazy in, in the World Series. So so your pick for, for this World Series, which actually it, it might not be the most most watch World Series of all time might end up being a good one. I agree. I was, it's funny you say about the most watched because I was thinking about it. The one thing that the, the league championship series did was at least it gave you the Yankees because if they would have lost to the Guardians and, that, and the ALCS would have been Astros, Guardians, and the NLCS would have been Padres, Phillies, I just <laughs> ratings would have been hurt, hurting for sure. But I think in this, I, I like the Astros just – for what I said, I just think they have the. I think look, Nola, Nola I mean, they, and, and uh, Wheeler are, are phenomenal, but I just trust the Astros' full rotation and their pen a little bit better, and so I think they get it done in six uh, or five. But I, I'll say six that because I think maybe Philly gets, steals one at home, another one. But I think that it goes in six and. And, and shout out to the Astros, by the way, because you brought up the cheating scandal, and I'm not a fan of the Astros. Like I hate that whole thing. But if I would have told you that in American League Championship Series that Jose Altuve would have been a non-factor, it would have been irrelevant yeah. in one of 25 or whatever it was, and they would still sweep the Yankees, you would have probably told me I was crazy. He was a non-factor. But it was Pena and Bregman and Alvarez and other people that were all able to step up. They remade that 2017. Like, they completely overhauled it. The only people that still left her, I think, are Bregman and, and Altuve. That's it. And, and Lance McCullers. Like, that's right. it. The rest of their roster is completely revamped, and that's a credit to the organization that they were able to do that. Unlike the Yankees, not to focus on them again, but 
2017, I read this article in CBS Sports, which was which reminded me in 2017. They were when they lost to the Astros. They were getting ready to depend on Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, Clint Frazier. Uh, you know, all these guys, Miguel Andujar, that was their future along with Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres. They were thinking those guys are all going to develop. Well, guess what? None of those guys outside of Judge developed. And most people would probably say Torres is regressing as a, as a player itself. So that's why you see the Yankees almost where they are, because those players didn't develop. So then it's like, oh, we, well, we've given up on Clint Frazier. Let's go get Joey Gallo. Oh, we're giving up on Ugh. Miguel Andujar. Let's get Josh Donaldson. These mistakes are why the Yankees are where they are. Absolutely. Okay, so um, I I hate it that I agree with you, but I think Astros in six too. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of sad that we agree on on anything at all. Um, before we turn our attention to football, uh, I do quickly want to uh, touch on the NBA, which got going. Um, and you uh, down there in uh, Phoenix, uh, you got a pretty good squad uh, that you guys end up covering and having on your airwaves. Talk to us a little bit about the Phoenix Suns and your thoughts on the NBA. So I, I, it's funny coming into this season because the Suns kind of had a, what you would have called tumultuous offseason with the Aiton and Monty Williams issues and obviously the ownership issues with Sarver and the, just kind of figuring out where they are. Jay Crowder saying he wanted a new extension or he wasn't going to play. So coming into this season, a lot of people, when you heard predictions, it was Clippers are going to be great because, you know, they got all these new people and John Wall and plus they got Kawhi and George and, or, you know, Dallas and Luka's ready to take that next step. And obviously the Warriors weren't a lot of people talking about the Suns. But in the first week of the season, and I know it's just early in the year, they beat the Mavericks, they beat the Clippers, and now last night they beat the Warriors. So they've beaten all those teams. And a lot of that is because of Devin Booker. I said to you before we, we started this that I think he's showing himself to be top three, top four type of talent in the NBA. I mean, he – Clay Thompson is considered one of the best – defensive guards in the NBA. And and when they played the Warriors the other night, he literally had Klay Thompson looking looking awful to the point where Klay Thompson tapped out and got himself thrown out of the game. He didn't want the smoke no more. Devin Booker is legit. The biggest question with the Suns, though, is where what Chris Paul will they have during not just the regular season, but more importantly during, during the postseason. Yeah, he turned 37 after before game six of the series against the Mavericks last year, and he's been awful. He was awful the next two nights. They started out their first three games. Game one, he got benched late in the game because he was awful, wasn't taking shots, passing on opportunities. And, and then finally against the Warriors, okay, we saw Chris Paul that we're kind of used to that seemed confident in taking big shots. But what's that going to be like with 37 and then maybe 38-year-old legs when the postseason comes. So his minutes are going to be monitored, I'm sure, this season. But I just want to know if Chris Paul has that one last push left that could help lead the Suns because I ultimately think he'll be the difference no matter what Devin Booker is able to do offensively. Uh, in terms of the rest of the league, yeah, every, yeah, I, I, like the, I like the front runners. I mean, I love I'm watching Brooklyn and Milwaukee like right now. Like, I, I like Milwaukee. I, I like Boston. And even regardless of the coaching situation, so I think those teams are going to be tough. You know, everyone's high on the Pelicans, but oh, guess what? Zion Williamson's already hurt. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise! It happens right. every year. So I don't know about those guys, but and and the Warriors, I'm I'm not sure. I, I as much as everyone wants to, you know, I just another year older for Draymond. You know, Clay's not looking like Clay so far. 
I don't know what the younger guys they have are going to do as the season progresses in Wiseman and those guys. So they may take a step back. Uh, the Lakers are a, a train wreck. Yeah, they're, they're a mess. Worth mentioning. And yeah. I think the Clippers will get better as the season goes on as Kawhi gets back into game shape. So I think they'll be they'll be tough as well. But I, I like I I think both conferences have some real heavy contenders at the top. By the way, we are big Chris Paul fans here on this podcast. He is plant based, and he's been down before. Then he went plant based, and he he came back up uh, and became a perennial all star again, one of the better point guards in the league. I, I think he'll be just fine. I think whatever he's going through, uh, he's going to get out of. And I like I like that Sun Squad. You talk about Devin Booker, um, you know, as as well on on that team. I like the uh, the, the Suns in the West right there. But I, I think you got something there as far as all your pro sports team goes and college sports teams that are in that Phoenix area, the Suns are number one. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not, nobody cares about Arizona State. Uh, right. you know, Cardinals, <laughs> I think people are kind of eh, right now not sure what the Cardinals are. And, and then in terms of the Diamondbacks, everyone's like, well, they're five years away maybe, and they've got some good pieces, and people like that. But, uh, yeah, no, it's Suns. People believe in the Suns and – believe that that team can win it all. You don't have that in the other teams in the area. Not at all. Okay, so before we go to the NFL, and there's a lot to talk about there, uh, let's briefly touch on college football. Top four teams right now, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, and Michigan. Clemson right now kind of on the outside looking in. Bama with one loss. TCU is undefeated at number seven. After that, everybody's got at least one loss. Um, thoughts on the... The top four or five there and how that shakes out because uh, I, I do think Georgia is definitely for real. I, I think Ohio State is for real and I love C.J. Stroud. I don't know. I, I think Michigan is, is like a half step or two or or a step behind them. I, I don't think that they they belong in that same grouping. What about Tennessee? What are your thoughts on Tennessee? Do they hang around, or are we going to see Clemson and Bama move back into that top four, slide Michigan and Tennessee out of there? I don't think that – I know people keep waiting for Tennessee to fall, but offensively, man, they are they are tough. Mm. And when they played Alabama, that was when I wanted to see. I'm like, oh, you're running up the score on all these suspect schools. But when they – I mean, they had Alabama at one point. Like they were going to run Alabama out of the, <laughs> out of the stadium. <laughs> Uh, that offense and Hooker's been amazing, easily the front runner in my opinion for the Heisman right now. But their season's going to come down to in a couple weeks when they're in Athens and they're going up against Georgia. That's going to be the real test for them. I mean, they, Alabama was a test, but they had them at home, and now they're going to have to go on the road to face one of the best teams, as you pointed out, in the country and a really legit defense as well. So I think that Tennessee is legit as of right now. Like I really think their offense is special. They're clicking. But what happens when they get punched in the mouth? I don't know. And, and I'll say the same thing about Michigan, another team you mentioned. I mean, their biggest win is, is, is what, Penn State. And they got Michigan State coming up. They're not really being tested as well either. And we don't know what they look like against a legit threat. So there's still some wait and see. And I'd say the same thing with Ohio State. We, just, we haven't seen teams really tested yet. And I think that's where we kind of want to see what happens when they are. But eye test tells you Tennessee looks legit. Georgia looks legit. Ohio State, I mean, their offense looks legit. So they're, those three teams, to me, like from what I've watched on paper, are the teams that look the most legit. Bryce Young at Alabama, I'll never count him out. He's still special. But in those top three teams have all so far gotten past every test. 
But we'll see what happens when it's exam time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of tests and passing tests, how about this, okay? There's one undefeated team in the National Football League. That's the Philadelphia Eagles right now. However, there is a team that's undefeated on the road, 4-0. and And by the way, they also wear green. They've passed the test. It's the New York Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 undefeated on the road, 5-2 and two on the season. Now, I don't think you were a big Robert Sala fan to start the year. Are you coming around and are you warming up to the Jets, especially that defense? Because I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. I don't think anybody is, but damn, that defense is good. That's what's. I, mean, I think that's what's been carrying them uh, so far through the first few games. I've. I, you never know how rookies are going to be, right? You just you never know. But I'm watching Garrett Wilson being able to get separation and do some big things. I mean, Sauce Gardner. You, you, don't, wow. you don't know what you're going to get from him. He's going up against teams out what Conference USA or whatever. You don't know what's going to happen when he goes up against legit talent. And he has been he's been crazy. Quarterbacks are not even trying to throw his way. Right. You can't. Um, you can't. Jermaine Johnson, who they got as well, is another one that's been playing really well. And then Quinnen Williams, who's not a rookie, but he goes without saying, he's been dominating on the defensive line. Uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably having nightmares still about that man from when they played a few weeks ago. So defensively, they fly. I think that's the, they get to they swarm to the ball and get where they need to be. So that's where they've been the most impressive. Now, obviously, losing Brees Hall is a big is really a big deal. And they'll have to figure that out. I know they traded for James Robinson. But, yeah, I've been impressed what I've seen on defense like you. I mean, Zach Wilson has been able to be – they've been able to hide him in terms of what he's been able to not be able to do because they've been running the ball so well. But wait till teams start putting eight and nine in the box, and then let's see what Zach Wilson does and if he's able to make plays because he hasn't had to yet. But he's going to have to. That defense he is. is going to be holding everybody to 10 and 13 points. So they're going to have to start putting some points on the board for sure. James Robinson, by the way, from the greatest football school that there is, Illinois State University. Oh, so man. very excited. About <laughs> yeah, very excited to see him as a member of, of the Jets. You know, you, you brought up Aaron Rodgers, and man, did the Jets dominate the Packers in Lambeau Field. I mean, it's not like they snuck out of there with a win. They just beat the living heck uh, out of the Packers, especially on the line. They just out-physicaled them on both sides of the ball, um, which was really damned impressive. The Packers were my team to make it to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I don't know if I'm 100% ready to give up on that pick just yet. All right, it's still early. And hold on, hold on. And they're in the NFC, which, by the way, is absolutely terrible. I mean, it's garbage. There's the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Giants at all. And then there's the rest, which I think is just all junk um, that, that that's in the NFC right now. So going back to, to the Packers, the Packers have lost three in a row. Now they have to play in Buffalo where they are 11 and a half point fate or dogs, excuse me, for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, they are more than an 11 point dog. Talk to me about the Packers. Are you, you're, you're tapping out on them. Are, are you cashing in on the pack? 
I just don't see how you you can't you you stay in it. I mean, I just their offensive line is not good. It's not getting better. You could you could sign OBJ. You could sign wh- whoever's out there, but whatever receivers you want, if you can't give if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the time to get it to him, it won't matter. So I just don't see you can't. I don't know how they fix a, a bad offensive line. Uh, and then in terms of their 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 receivers, they don't scare anybody. And I thought going into the year, which is why I didn't think you were crazy when you picked the Packers. I thought that it would be efficient Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's 20 out of 28 in a game with two touchdowns because mm-hmm. they were going to be relying on Aaron Jones and Dylan and Dylan. I thought those guys would be carrying the load for the most part, but they can't run because the line's not good. So now it's Aaron Rodgers being forced to sit back there probably way more than he wants to throwing to receivers who can't get open or dropping passes when they get thrown to him. I mean, it's, it's a bad, I, I haven't seen, I don't know how you turn around what ails the Packers right now. I just don't, you don't have playmakers. You can't run the ball and your offensive line isn't very good. I don't sound like a Super Bowl winning team to me. No, it does not. The Eagles, by the way, are undefeated. They are the last team standing. The 72 Dolphins are on watch. They, they wheeled them all out the, uh, the other I don't game. Need any which, more champagne toast. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, man. Sunday I'm night, they're. Yeah, at least at least Larry Zonka could still walk. A bunch of them, they're they're wheeling out there. Uh, the other half of the team is dead. Um, but you know they're they're they can't wait to pop the champagne on the Eagles. I'm sure the Eagles are going to lose sometime along the this season. I don't it's think gonna they're going to go undefeated. Rich. But it's yeah, I, I I tell you what, I the Eagles are for real. Um, for anybody that that doesn't know it, from top to bottom on every level, no matter where you look, they're for real. And Jalen Hurts, by the way, is an MVP candidate right now and a legit one for for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not surprised that they're good. I'm surprised that they're this good. Um, does it surprise you at all? It does, but I think a key for them is is the defensive line. I mean, that, I mean, they, their defensive line has been controlling a lot of games, and I think even the Cowboys got a little taste of that as well when they when they played them. But I mean, I, if you look at their schedule, where's the when's the loss coming? Because you got home against the Steelers, you're on the road against the Texans, you're home against the Commanders, you're on the road against the Colts, you're home against the Packers, you're home against the Titans. When's the loss coming? It's the, it's the one after that. I think they're on the road at the Bears. Is that the one? That's oh, where this good. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the first loss right there. I mean, Justin Fields balled out the other night, and I think that it's going to be the launching point for the Bears, who didn't just beat New England; they beat the hell out of New England, which was so much fun to see. By the way, as a Bears fan, I can't remember the last time that they did that to anybody. Anybody. So, so think about it. Even during the Matt Nagy era, all right, where, where they had one good year. They never blew anybody out. They never really beat the snot, especially out of a team. They've never won at Foxborough. That was the first time the Bears franchise has ever won there. And then not only that, before that was the John Fox era where they never beat anyone, let alone blew anybody out. And then before that was the Mark Tressman era where they didn't beat anyone, let alone blow anyone out. It has been that long since the Bears have beaten anybody at all to that extent. And oh, by the way, it happened 
in Foxborough against Bill Belichick, um, which was just a a beautiful thing to, to see. The thing that really pisses Bears fans off uh, more than anything is that they did the same thing. If you look at the stats again, that game against the Commanders, it was exactly the same, and they lost that game. Uh, they had double the yardage. They had 30 more offensive plays, and somehow they still freaking lost that game because of all the problems that they had in the red zone. But, I mean, credit to the Bears for for bouncing back. Credit to the Bears, by the way, who got down 14-10 to 10 against New England when Zappi came in, not falling apart in New England and being resilient and then just taking that game over. So that's where the Eagles lose their first game. It's going to be against Justin Fields they and the Bears. Be, they will not be a favorite <laughs> to lose that game. I can tell you that right now. The only no. game I think on their schedule is going to be at Dallas. That might be the only game that's on their schedule that they might not be favored against. Uh, yeah. By the way, do you believe in – talk, we talked about the, you know, the NFC North or whatever. Do you believe in the Vikings? No, not at all. I, I believe in Justin Jefferson. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and that's about it. I, I'm not sold on their defense still. I'm not sold on their, on their head coach. I, I'm not sold on Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, there's, there's two different Kirk Cousins. There's Sunday afternoon Kirk Cousins, who everybody would love to have. And then there's every other time Kirk Cousins, who is just awful. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he plays in primetime or the 325 game. Kirk Cousins doesn't look the same. Whenever the spotlight is on him, he fades away and you cannot find him. And so once that happens, Justin Jefferson or no Justin Jefferson, I, I think they're in, you know, a lot of trouble. I don't buy the Vikings. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think the NFC North is just soft basically right now from top to bottom. I have more faith that the Packers can turn things around and win that division than I do of the Vikings running away and hiding with, with that division just because they're they're just not very good at all. So in in my estimation. Speaking of things, though, that, that, that were kind of shocking to me, and I, I did want to bring this up, Matty Ice was the starting quarterback in Atlanta forever. I mean, he played at an MVP level, brought his team to a Super Bowl, and was on the verge of winning one uh, before that collapse. Uh, but then... He goes to Indianapolis. By the way, they got off to a slow start and they were three and two. Now they're three, three and one. And dude got benched. Not only benched, he's not even the second string quarterback anymore where he fell behind Nick Foles. Talk about the demise of Matty Ice. Is he washed at this point? Is he done? Yeah, I think so. And, and the, the, the Falcons knew with both, it's funny, the two of the bigger names in the team's history, both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. They were two of the, the biggest names in the in this team's history, and both of them got basically the Falcons got rid of them for nothing, and neither of them have done anything after they yeah. left the Falcons. So it's almost like the Falcons knew the last amount they could get. But you mentioned 2016 Super Bowl, great run MVP. But after that, I'd say from 2018 to 2021, it was just the slow decline where balls were getting underthrown, where guys were open and having to come back to it, where it was a lot of check downs and not a lot of confidence throwing the ball down the field. You just started seeing a quarterback that lost his confidence and maybe lost his skill set in what made him really good. And when you when I watched him, I know the Colts were supposed to have a great offensive line, but they didn't, obviously. And he looked petrified back there. Uh, he looked like he wanted to not be back there and would make some – the interceptions he threw last Sunday against the Titans, I understand why they benched him for the rest of the year. They were – it was he looked – like, uh, he looked awful. I've never seen Matt Ryan, even in Atlanta, he had some bad games. i never seen him throw the pick six that he threw. I, I don't know if it was the receiver or whatever the case is. 
and, and, and credit to Frank Reich and those guys because you know what? If Sam Ellinger doesn't do much, cool, but we don't – Matt Ryan, man, we're good. We've seen enough. Hmm. So, like, make him third string. Make him inactive. They don't need to see anymore. They know that this failed like Carson Wentz did and Phillip Rivers did, and now they know they need to probably go and draft a legitimate quarterback going forward. Last but not least, we're almost at the halfway point of the season, believe it or not. That's how fast the NFL moves. Um, who's better? Is it Buffalo or Kansas City? Where's the game? Yeah, see? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the game in Kansas City, Buffalo just won. So, no, I, I mean, but it's early, yeah. I'm not, I want to talk about like where where's the game in late January? when it's the Because I don't see how either of those teams don't make it to – the, the the championship game because I just mm-hmm. don't see a, another team that can really pose a legit threat. So I think that it's those two teams barring injuries. Uh, they're just both built. And, and credit to – remember, everybody was given, well, what are the Chiefs going to look like without Tyreek Hill? They, they're all right. They're good. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> uh, Buffalo just has a little bit of a better defense, so I would tend to go with them. I think their defensive line, and, and that was the case – Against Kansas City, the last time they played them, they were to get pressure on Mahomes, which is not always easy to do. And they also forced some turnovers. So I think that I would give the Bills the edge uh, if in Buffalo, which is where the game's probably going to be, and probably in, and maybe in Kansas City as well. But I think right now it's the Bills who have shown that they are the most complete team in the NFL. Absolutely. Okay, before we get out of here, Sean, you guys had a big branding, I guess, down in uh, in Phoenix. So a refresh. Tell everybody about it. Where can they uh, they find your brand now? Thanks, man. Uh, we, we are now officially just Arizona Sports. Uh, we are a brand that is all things video, on air, and digital. So that's why our focus is being Arizona Sports. You can go to ArizonaSports.com and you can follow us at Arizona Sports on all the uh, apps and, and follow us there. Great content. Uh, you know, I have an amazing digital team, great writers, and my on air staff does a great job, even if the teams sometimes don't like how critical but fair they are. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. So great job, man. Thanks for joining me. Remember uh, to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods. Also at realmeneatplants.com. Go there, click the support button to help us out and also help out Paul's party. Take the 30-day challenge, read the blogs, go to our YouTube channel and find me at RMEP Rich all over social media. Again, Sean, thank you. Uh, Great job. And we will see you the next time right here on the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. See you.